Welcome to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast, powered by Go Tennis. Check out our calendar of Metro Atlanta tennis events at letsgotennis.com, where you can also find deals on equipment, apparel, and members get 10% off our shop. So go get yourself an Atlanta Tennis Monsters shirt. I've got mine, and I wear it all the time. In this episode, we talk to Chase Hodges, Vice President of Universal Tennis. This is the technology company that brought us the UTR rating system. They have professional tennis events in about 30 countries with guaranteed prize money, and according to Luke Jensen, was a game changer when it comes to college recruiting. Have a listen and let us know what you think. We have the honor of talking to our own uh, friend and colleague, and uh, most recently when I met you, Chase, you were... uh, Pretty much undefeated for thousands of years in the uh, in the college tennis <laughs> world. So if uh, nobody's heard of you from that point, you probably moved into a less public role almost in the uh, in the universal tennis world. So Chase, I appreciate you making time, and if you don't mind, uh, give us a quick introduction. We put the biography, we put your bio in the show. Yeah. Everybody can find that, but a quick little hey, I'm Chase, and uh, really be here kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Sean and and Bobby. Appreciate you having me on. Obviously, uh, appreciate all that you guys are doing for tennis um, in the Atlanta area and beyond. Um, in terms of my background, um, really been a college tennis coach uh, for about twenty five years at uh, numerous different uh, universities um, throughout the country. Uh, last stop uh, was Georgia Gwinnett, where I was there for for ten years and. Um, you know, had a, a great experience there at Georgia Gwinnett and recently, well, not too recent, but, you know, about a, a year and three months ago, uh, transitioned into this uh, role as, as vice president of, of Universal Tennis and uh, super excited about um, this current role and, and really utilizing all my prior uh, knowledge, not only as a, as a coach, but obviously, uh, Sean, we had worked together as a, as a business owner of Gwinnett Tennis um, in the past and, and really just using my experience to, to help um, Universal Tennis and, and all the missions that we have, uh, not only here in the Atlanta area, but globally um, all over the world. So thanks for having me on and look forward to uh, the discussion today. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump into the main reason. I, I think I used the phrase earlier that I baited you into coming in, but I, I looked at my wife the other day. I'm like, I gotta get Chase. I know, yeah. I know, I know how to do it. I've got the clip where we're talking about the player segments. I said, mm-hmm. she's like, not yet. Let's get some time. Let's. But you've been with you. You've been Universal Tennis over a year now. Yeah, it's been over a year. Um, it's about 15 months, and you know, Sean and, and Bobby, you know. Yeah, I feel like I've been with a company for, you know, over a decade in terms of running events, um, you know, really was running countless events, UTR events uh, in the Atlanta area. Um, UTR Atlanta is is something that's you, you have events literally every weekend um, in the in the city or greater metro area. Um, so being a provider of events uh, was, was really where I got started. 
with Universal Tennis, and then obviously from a recruitment standpoint, um, in terms of utilizing the rating as the gold standard in terms of bringing players in internationally and domestically, that was um, where Universal Tennis was started from the rating. Now we've morphed into Universal Tennis. Uh, as a business, we're not known as UTR anymore. However, a lot of people still see us uh, in that light, but we ventured into having our own pro tour, which we're in close to uh, 30 countries now. That entire pro tour is streamed on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, we have flex leagues, we have junior circuits, uh, we have 96% of college coaches on our pro on our platform in terms of using it as a recruitment measure and having their digital clubs and digital pages set up. Uh, we've become a, a big player in the camp space. Uh, we're, we're the number two provider on college campuses uh, for college camps. And, you know, those are just a few of the things out there. And, and then obviously just trying to be as innovative and creative as possible and bringing new ideas to the to the marketplace. Um, you know, some of the things that we've done is putting on Pepperdine and Southern Cal at the BMP. Uh, we initiated an NIT national championship. Uh, we announced in March, we had this idea. We brought it to life in May. That was on Amazon Prime. We picked eight teams on the men, eight on the women that were selected for the NCAA and had our own national championship. So, um, you know, just doing a zillion things uh, like that uh, in the market. We just announced UTRP which is a uh, pickleball rating. Uh, we're becoming a, a, a force in the pickleball uh, arena. Uh, APP just announced us as the official rating uh, for pickleball. Um, in the high school space, from a tennis standpoint, um, NFHS just announced us as the official rating for the National Federation of High Schools all across the country. And we have 27 states currently that are under recommendation or mandate to use UTR. So I won't go. Uh, that's enough for now, but I mean, I could keep going in terms of things that we're doing, but uh, you know, it is vast, but it's exciting and challenging. And, you know, I can say it's, you know, I have going to work every day, uh, you know, with my laptop being a remote company, uh, you know, we're based in Silicon Valley, um, you know, having the opportunity to, to work remote and as a company and, um, you know, work with my, my peers and create these ideas and, do things that are help going to help the the tennis ecosystem is ultimately what we want to do. And obviously you guys would go tennis or supportive of all tennis initiatives and certainly appreciate uh, your support of universal tennis. We do. We love it. And I, I was thinking, Bobby and I were talking the other day, we were thinking about you in, in that role. And I thought, Oh man, universal tennis has just got that. We're going to take over the world mentality. And I, and I had a question, Bobby and I were talking about this earlier, and it was, it was, it was a really interesting question because he said, well, are we going to ask about the universal tennis origin story? And it made me realize, I wonder if, and I, and I don't know if you have the answer, I would guess it would have been on your, your entrance when you were filling out the forms for, uh, yeah. for taking the job. But the, the yeah. origin story, did you, did you, universal tennis feel like they were fulfilling a need with UTR, that there were failures elsewhere, or was it? hey, we've got a way to just do this better. Let's just go ahead and do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, obviously Dave Howe in 2008, Virginia Beach, um, you know, basically the, the rating in terms of from a founding standpoint, I think the initial idea, um, Bobby and, and Sean, was an opportunity to, you know, help make tennis better from a rating standpoint in terms of college recruitment. 
Um, you know, when you really think about UTR, it was really centered around college recruitment uh, in terms of, you know, being able to establish an algorithm to help college coaches in terms of being able to identify talent, make sure that they're bringing in a player that fits their needs. Uh, and that's across all five divisions of college tennis, NCAA D1, D2, D3, NAI, and junior college. And, you know, over time, what has happened is, you know, it's it's become a fabric in, in terms of the, the tennis ecosystem, you know, in terms of, you know, just general communication amongst tennis players in terms of, you know, the rating being paramount in that regard. And, you know, that's something that, you know, really back in 2008, you know, in the beginnings of, of UTR, I mean, now here we are 15 years later, you know, a lot of people, you know, I don't really see us as a startup anymore. I see us as, as a fabric in the, in the tennis world. And, um, you know, I will say to, to kind of answer your question, the college tennis recruitment aspect is so firmly ingrained with college coaches that, um, you know, that's something that, you know, we will always attribute our success to as we move into all these different areas that we are doing currently as a business. So, so it didn't even exist before really i mean if you're talking about because luke luke jensen made a comment to us the other day he said it was a game changer for global recruiting and that's something yeah. you chase yeah. hodges you had that global ability to look around and find the best talent and, and yeah. bring them into a little school like ggc but just to have the resource yeah. the resource of that number yeah well it just didn't be even exist you, before it wasn't like you were competing with a U an NTRP right. or a USTA. Right. right. And and to be honest, you know, I, I will attribute attribute um from a recruitment standpoint, you know, being kind of early, you know, a decade ago, really using UTR as the gold standard and as the number one metric. Now it's more um, you know, worldwide or accepted amongst college coaches. I, I think that really helped in terms of getting out of the gate strong at, at George uh, Burnett. Chase Hodges' of, secret weapon. Well, it, well, it, it, it helped. It's not much of a secret anymore, but, uh, you know, at that time it, it definitely helped because I was able to, you know, quite honestly, not make mistakes. Um, it, it, it allowed me not to make any mistakes from a recruitment standpoint. I'm not saying that it's bulletproof or anything like that, but what I am saying is it did help me make sure that the talent that I was bringing in was at the level that I was really hoping it to be at and you know obviously you know winning some titles you know actually I can attribute back to UTR and obviously as you know Bobby and, and Sean you know once you have the players you know and you have the level then it's a matter of just maintaining it um, but it's a lot easier to maintain than to build something from nothing so um, yeah I mean I would say it definitely helped in that regard. So from a recruiting point of view, back to the original question where Bobby and I were talking on, I don't remember what it was, episode five of the podcast. It's so long ago, it seems, Bobby. You were telling a story of the parent that comes to you and says, ah, my kid's a, you know, a 4.7. Can he play in college? You know, and he, the parent's trying to figure out what's going on. But Bobby, you were talking about as a coach, being able to have that metric and a goal. Can you talk more, Bobby, about where you were going with that and how that led us to talking about UTR as a, as a helpful tool. Well, I, I think the great part of what Chase is saying, and I'd like to know just about the algorithm, because obviously, and Chase, your success proves it in its infancy was a lot better than a, a ranking and a coach's eye that you shook the world up 
with a you know an NAI going in and beating Georgia Tech, but he's all of a sudden saying, "Who is this powerhouse that you know is rivaling John Wooden in consecutive championships?" So, is what makes the algorithm of UTR so much better than just which you know the, the always the ranking system was based on more probably participation than necessarily all wins. That's a great question. And what makes it phenomenal, in my opinion, is it's about, you know, it's all about the level that you are right now, Bobby and Sean. It doesn't care about, you know, how good you were two, three years ago or even anywhere outside that 12-month window. We're only factoring in results within the last 12 months. Uh, so we can start there. Um, it really gives you an idea of where a player is performing at a current time, which would be now, let's say. Um, with that being said, it's factoring in the last 30 results in that 12-month window. So having the ability to really look at those last 30 results within that 12-month window, that's a big body of work in terms of us being able to make sure that this rating is going to be accurate from an algorithm standpoint. And you know, with that being said, that gives you 100% accuracy uh, from our, for, in terms of determining the rating. And you know, one of the things that a lot of people you know, may not know is you know, that 30th match will roll off when you play another. So it, it gives you the ability to keep looking at, you know, how am I currently competing at this moment in time? And, you know, from my end, that's that's where, you know, one of our biggest strengths is, is, is from a timing standpoint and then the number of matches and not to mention, you know, in terms of competing, you know, every game counts. So, you know, if, if Sean and I are playing a very, very competitive match, 6-4, 7-5, whatever it may be, you know, there's this misconception that, you know, if I am, you know, a higher rated player, you know, it doesn't benefit me to play a lower rated player. And that's that's completely false. I mean, your UTR can move up if you're taking care of business against lower rated players and beating them, you know, 6-2, fashion, let's say you could move up. So regardless of who you're competing against, regardless of their rating, you have an opportunity to move up or potentially move down because that that, that scoring really comes in where every game counts, every point matters. So you want to be competitive. You want to compete. You want to give it at 110% and let the algorithm take care of itself. Last thing I'll say with that, Bobby, is, you know, as a company, you know, in terms of using UTR, I mean, you know, we advise, obviously, we want players to use it as a metric. We want players to use it to promote level-based play. Uh, we want players to to utilize it in a fashion that, you know, it's getting used in a, in a healthy manner. Um, you know, you're always going to have some players that are just super hyper-focused uh, and, you know, kind of overanalyzing things at times. And, you know, I would just stress to those players, you know, let the algorithm, you know, work. You know, it's a black and white algorithm. There's no politics attached to it. And it's proven. Um, you know, we wouldn't still be here talking if it wasn't proven. So, um, you know, we're going to continue to uh, to – do whatever we can to to help the tennis ecosystem. But to kind of answer your question, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Well, I think you you just brought up a great point in itself is the misconception about playing, you know, that people don't want to play the lesser player. That yeah. you know, that's a great thing to address because that is a misconception out there that I don't want to play the lesser player. It's not going to help my ranking. Not going to help my yeah, ranking. You yeah, you're 100% right. Huge misconception. You know, if I'm a 7.7 .7 and I'm playing, you know, say a, a 6.2, I still should be highly motivated to play that match, even though the player is 1.5 um, uh, points below me, simply because 
I can increase that 7.7 .7 with the convincing win. So, you know, every match, you know, regardless of, of who you're competing against, you have the ability to do that. So, um, you know, the more we can, you know, educate parents and players that that is a misconception and the better for the whole community, because the last thing that we want is, you know, players pulling out of events, withdrawing, et cetera, due to the fact that, you know, they don't want to put a rating on the line. You know, that's not what we're about. That's not what tennis needs to be about. Um, and, and people need to understand that it goes both ways in terms of the rating. It can support the higher player or the lower player, um, regardless of really, you know, really any event. I mean, it's, it's one thing, you know, I would like to stress is, we do have right now, so everyone is aware, if you are playing and it's a match and it's two points difference, um, it does not factor into the rating. Um, just so everyone's aware, we found that that's been in existence uh, for years and years. So if I'm a 5.5, I'm playing an 8.3, that match will not go into the rating. However, Bobby, let's say I get to the point where I move up to, say, a 6.5 that match against the 8.3 will retroactively go into the rating since I'm within that two-point window. So I don't want to get too specific into things. But hopefully you guys follow that, but I uh, just wanted cool. to make sure everyone was there. Yep. Yep. Well, I think it's also cool, uh, and again, a great point that you just brought up, the cultural aspect of tennis that is obsessed with always playing the better player. And as a coach, you sit there and say, guys, there's always going to be somebody that, you know, who did Federer practice with? Who did Novak practice with if you're always looking for a better player? So that misconception of that you, you need to play a better player in order to improve. No, it's, a, it's about effort. It's about focus. It's about going, doing the job required that day. And UTR is, is not only helping with the ranking, but with, you know, changing the culture, hopefully, of that mentality. If I'm not playing up, I don't want to be there. Exactly. And, and as a former coach, you know, when I was looking at results, you know, one of the, you know, if I'm, if I'm recruiting, say a 12.2 UTR for me, a, a major metric in my brain was how do they perform against lower rated players? Do they take care of business? You know, what's going on in these matches, making sure they're not withdrawing they're not pulling out. They're actually participating, competing. Um, and that's a big part of it. Coaches look at that. So, um, you know, to your point, I think that all of this is extremely valid. Jace, I think we're going to, I'm going to commission you. And I, I want yeah. the, the ultimate guide mm -hmm. college recruiting by Chase Hodges. Yeah. Right. It probably could be one phrase. Use yeah. UTR. Yeah. Thank you. That'll yeah. be $20. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously UTR is a big, you know, a big metric there. Uh, you know, I think the majority of college coaches, it's their number one metric. But with that being said, you know, there's got to be you know, a ton of other metrics there. You want to make sure that you're recruiting the right kid, uh, the right the right player for your culture, the right teammate, um, the right student athlete, a good a good good in the uh, academics, someone that's really looking to you know graduate college and maybe potentially play professionally, or depending on where your program is, you know they may have ambitions there. But ultimately, you know, it is a metric, but, you know, there are so many different other areas that college coaches need to be looking at when they're recruiting players, um, you know, and, and that's something that really goes into place of, of being able to actually meet them in person, have the opportunity to, to meet their parents, um, you know, get an opportunity to meet their coach, do your research, follow up on recommendations on a player. Um, you know, I would encourage coaches 
all across the country to make sure you're doing your homework because at the end of the day, you know, most cases you're going to be with these players for four years and you want to make sure that that is going to be a, um, you know, good environment for not only you, but for the player. And, you know, just being able to promote that culture uh, for me was, was huge in terms of recruitment. Um, but yeah, UTR was, was for me, it was the number one metric, hundred percent. When you talk a lot about culture, Bobby's the same way. It's, it's, it matters so much. Um, and I think you had enough Spanish speakers on on a few of your teams. You, it was yeah. La Familia, right? Was the, basically the La Familia. Yeah, yeah La Familia. Was, was the concept in creating a family. And Bobby, as he runs Windermere, he's got a culture in a similar way. And it's you got you don't really have to buy into it in the same way because it's not like these people are moving in to live with him for four years and and really be there every day. But these people right. live there in the neighborhood, so it's a it, culture yep. becomes important and. That's probably one thing that UTR might actually help with a little bit is if I'm taking care of business, as you say, if I'm winning those matches, oh, and oh, that I should be winning, where back in the day, just for fun, we'd, we'd nuke some kid, oh, and oh, but we'd put it in as six, seven, seven, six, seven, six, just so it looked, you know, looked like fun on the board. But now you, you can't just write in scores anymore. So now really getting that culture of if I'm a college coach and I care about winning, and I care about how you win. And are you there, like you said, to compete? Or are you going to be nice to a guy and all of a sudden lose the momentum and then we're in trouble? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I mean, taking care of business is obviously extremely important. And, you know, that's something that, you know, coaches are going to be looking forward to. And, you know, regardless of, you know, the body of work that we talked about, it could be a one result here another random result there. The the beautiful thing about the algorithm is, you know, we're looking at those last 30 within a 12 month window. So, you know, regardless of say you had a bad day, you know, six months ago, an event, you have the opportunity to redeem yourself uh, with your next event. So, uh, you know, just keeping that positive mindset and in terms of, you know, you know, basically looking at the algorithm as more of an opportunity to better gauge your level. We have this product, it's UTR college fit where you have the opportunity to literally just type in your UTR and see every program uh, in the United States that you would be in the top six on. Um, so, you know, the reality here, Bobby and Sean is, you know, when a coach is looking at a player and vice versa, it needs to be some realistic, you know, attitudes here in terms of based off my UTR, this should be a good college fit. And, you know, I feel like we've been able to crack the code in that regard. And, you know, one last thing that has been valuable if we have some recruits here, you know, listening, you know, it's always good to use the metric on the statistics on your on your bio. where You can search and you actually see your best victory, you know. So if your best victory is, let's say you beat a 9.37, but you're sitting there as an 8.29, you know, that victory over a 9.37 could carry a lot of weight uh, in, in terms of recruitment and looking at school. So, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there. Yeah, what I'm capable of. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, having the ability to do that, I think, is extremely important. And, you know, as a technology platform, really, we're trying to bring players together. We have pretty much every recruiting agency uh, utilizing the rating in terms of, you know, using it to to help their players and, and coaches um, kind of bridge that gap and making sure that, you know, they're being placed accordingly. So uh, we'll continue in that regard to provide the best service we can to make uh, that process as good as possible for these players. That sends me to a question. And Bobby, I was, I was going to let you go next, but something jumped into my head. 
is there a negative consequence to me going online and finding out I'm not playing in college and, and having that player, like, like I said, with, with Bobby's story where he gets parents coming in saying, my kid's pretty good. Can he play? And having that realization where there is a, there is empirical evidence you're not going to make. It. And in that case, is that a, is that a negative, like everything, all the positives come with from some yeah. negative. It's always going to be something. Do we have some kids that end up giving up before they normally would because they see that metric and it's just unattainable? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, let me first preface, you know, our rating is not, you know, just for college. I know we're talking a lot about college uh, right now, but you know, we, we, we have recreational players. We have a green dot uh, program, uh, color ball and orange for, for juniors. We have, you know, our junior circuits in the high school space, you know, state associations are using UTR for seating. Um, you know, they're using it just for general matches. So, you know, in terms of your rating being helpful um, outside the college space, 1000% it's there. It can assist in, in all walks of life, but to, specifically answer your question you know this you're going to find this answer um i don't know about you bobby but i'm i'm going to say something that i think is a lot of people don't know but i can tell you this with, with very high level of confidence is there is a college program for every player and the reason i say that is now it may not be the school that you really are is number one on your radar but when you look at you know division three tennis division two um, NAI tennis, junior college tennis, community college tennis, you know, there's scholarships that don't even get utilized some years uh, where, you know, you have men's and women's programs not able to utilize a full roster. Um, and there's opportunities out there every year for players, really regardless of level, to find an opportunity if that's what they want to do. Now, to your point, Sean, if they, if they, if they're, if they're, you know, hell bent on going to University of Georgia and they're just simply not good enough. That's another story. It's not going to happen. But if they are willing to look at, you know, a community college, junior college, something to that extent, there's an opportunity there. So um, that's my viewpoint. Um, I think there's plenty of opportunities. Um, but if it's a situation like you mentioned, where it's a player that really wants to attend somewhere that's just not possible, then yeah, that conversation needs to be had. There's, you know, you have club tennis at those schools, intramural tennis. You know, you can find other needs um, outside of the college space at maybe a, a power five type school where you could still be competitive in the tennis space. Bobby, I think that answer helps you a bit with some of your members. Well, it, it, I also like the the wide ranging where we're going, the net that, that Chase is throwing out there. When would you say that UTR became the, the focus point for college recruitment? What year would you say that occurred? I can say when it occurred to me, which was 2013. And you were you were early to the game. So, would, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at UTR saying really post COVID where you had a bunch of schools. Yeah. Oh, Especially on the male yeah. side, getting rid yeah. of men's tennis, UTR yeah. is really saving tennis because yeah. it is providing yeah. a metric. It is streamlining the recruitment process, and it's making it more affordable. And I right. think that, as Chase said, you, now you have you can continue to play tennis because it's never been a revenue-producing sport, so it's always in a precarious position. 
but UTR has now simplified it through technology, made the process better. And right. now it's not as expensive to run the program as it used to be either. That's right. That's right. And that's to your point. I'm glad you mentioned COVID, Bobby, because that's where we experienced our greatest growth. That would have been my guess, but I wanted you yeah. to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you guessed accurately. So, you know, during COVID, when really pretty much the tennis world shut down, we were really the only ones out there still having events being played. Um, you know, we we eliminate the red tape and the politics in terms of putting events on the platform and in terms of promoting level-based play, the process is extremely easy uh, to run an event. But to your point, you know, that's where really we were able to explode into the market and, you know, we've been able to keep that momentum. Um, you know, as you look at, you know, just in general, in terms of timeline, in terms of, you know, when coaches started using us or uh, maybe, maybe it was after COVID, maybe it was pre-COVID, um, what really happened was we we went into these schools, these high schools, these colleges, and we have hundreds of high schools and close to almost six to seven hundred colleges that are running camps off their digital page, that are running one day UTR verified match play, that are running weekend camps and what's happening or weekend tournaments. And what's happening is like our college circuit product. You know, we've run over, you know, 100 college circuits across the country on college campuses and coaches are making millions of dollars in 2022. Coaches made millions of dollars using our platform, um, giving them an opportunity, whether that money was used to help their program, uh, hire a, an assistant coach, um, you know, assist with a budget need, whatever it may be. We're starting to see more and more coaches take advantage of the platform and using it in a way to further support their programs and you know that's where the tech piece comes in um as a coach you have the ability you know bobby if i want to run a tournament next weekend i go on utr i set the event up i publish it it's done it's that simple um i'm able to really move quick uh and, and be innovative and creative and I can host whatever event that I want. One of the cool things about our pro tour is that it's unlike any other uh, tour out there. Every player gets at least three matches. They may get five matches. Uh, you have the ability to play an innovative format. Those matches are on Amazon Prime. Uh, this is truly pre preparing players to be pros because they need those matches. It doesn't benefit you, Bobby, to go to California to some pro event and play one match and lose, and you're done. You know, under this format, you get multiple matches stretched out over a week at one location. You know you're going to be there for a long time. It's guaranteed prize money for every player. And it's turned out to be a, a huge success. We're almost in 30 countries now. So, um, you know, with that being said, it opens up the doors to be innovative and creative. Well, you're reading my mind again, Chase. It's kind of fascinating because that was my next step was to, to go in that direction because with the as you saw the progression, I love what you guys are doing. Try, with, with the, your tour, where do you see it being? Because, you know, as a coach, a lot of it is obviously there's a difference between when it's uh, a college as opposed to when it's your job, that progression, the mentality. Where do you see how long do you think it'll take for the players on that tour to, you know, to gear up where it's going to be essentially a great building block and a great opportunity for the kids who, you know, like you said, traveling halfway around the world to play one match. It's yeah. not cost, you know, it's not cost efficient. Right. 
you know, where, where right. you guys, what's your timeline where you see you're going to start really start putting players that are on your tour are going to start making an impact on the big tours? Well, we, we've already seen it. Uh, you know, you look at um, the player, not Ethan Quinn, but the, the other one who had committed to Georgia. He, he made that run at the <laughs> – uh, in Newport, I think he made the finals. Um, his name's escaping me. He's from California, but make a long story short, he won a UTR Pro Tour tournament um, last year. That kind of springboarded him uh, to a position where he is now. You have a player like Taylor Townsend as part of her comeback. She was playing UTR Pro Tour events uh, to get her game back. Um, you know, in the college space, our Pro Tour, uh, we have 1,500 players that are actively college players or former college players that are looking to to get into pro tennis and when you look at our schedule you're starting to see more and more of these uh utr pro tour events on campuses all over the country you know next week we're at university of tennessee uh then we're at baylor then we're i think at michigan um you know we're really uh kansas is coming up uh we're really positioning ourselves uh all over the country on college campuses to give these players the opportunity. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to see it grow. And, uh, and now it's exploding into Europe and Japan and Australia, and, you know, it's continuing to grow and, you know, we've had phenomenal feedback um, from the players. And, you know, that's why PTPA, that's Novak Djokovic's players union. They've been a big supporter of, of UTR and, and what we're doing because, you know, we're all about the player, Bobby uh, and Sean. I mean, we want to provide the best experience for these players uh, to help them in their pathway to pro tennis. And, um, you know, their feedback is is vital for our growth. And that's what we want to continue to do is listen to the players and give them the best product possible. How do you deal with the current tournaments per se? I mean, I don't think people realize that the majority of tournaments are played on clay courts because – they're not here, obviously, and, you know, and people don't realize the, the preponderance of, of clay court events there are throughout the world where, like you said, just what you guys are doing to simplify it. I would think the only people that might not love it are the, the, the current tournaments that are out there, you know, trying to maintain yeah. their position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you know, and it goes back to, you know. We are disrupting the market uh, in, in terms of answering your question. We are. Uh, but with that being said, you know, we feel that, you know, we're elevating the sport uh, and doing it in a creative and innovative way. So, um, you know, I do think that, you know, if a player has the option to play, you know, a UTR pro event or this event, you know, it really is up to that player. If they're looking to, you know, get guaranteed prize money and get multiple matches and be on Amazon Prime, I'd say we're a pretty good option. Um, but with that being said, you know, being on a clay court, which we had plenty of our pro events on clay courts uh, in Europe, um, you know, whether it's, you know, in France or, you know, it could be in, in Spain, wherever it may be, England, they have the ability to play our event all over the world. Um, it is based off UTR rating in terms of getting in. But, you know, we have seen a lot of players that are very loyal to our tour and you can see them just going from venue to venue and just following the tour. And, you know, when they're ready to, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, potentially play say an ATP challenger or some, tour, some type of event like that, 
we feel like they're going to be better prepared. Um, and ultimately, that's that's what we want to do is help prepare them. So if I'm going to the University of Tennessee next week, how much is it going to cost me as a fan to go watch one of your events? Free. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, yeah, it's free. You can walk right in and, and, and view that event. Um, you know, I think the one in Knoxville um, begins Sunday, I want to say. Um, and they run for for a week. Um, you know, I'm assuming some University of Tennessee players are in that event. I know Donald Young's in the event actually at University of Tennessee. So you know, you're going to see great tennis. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity to see an up and coming player. And you know, hopefully, you know, if you're a, a volunteer fan, you're going to see some players that are going to be competing for your school in the upcoming season. So it's a it's a win win for for everyone involved. Win-win for the fan too, like you said, to, to bring your your child out, introduce them to yep. tennis, high level tennis, and not feel like you're mortgaging your house. Yeah, you're not going to be doing that. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's you know great. Like, say you want to bring your academy out, or you know, some some you know, high school players, high school teams, etc. Um, you know, it's a great event, and you know, you can't miss them. You know, just go to universaltennis.com search pro tennis tour and you see the entire schedule for the year right there. I love the free bit. I mean, that just makes a big difference. Chase, you and I were talking about that before we started yeah. recording and I, I love it. I remember back in, I don't know, 95, whenever it was, and we were late high school, early, just to go watch the NCAA finals and happened to be at UGA yeah. one year. Some guy that, I don't know, guys that looked a lot alike named Bob and Mike happened to be playing and nobody had ever heard of them yeah. at the time. And it's just yeah. so cool to go, hey, we're tennis guys, right? But we're not that good. And then you see what that, where it goes from there to have that access. We're working with a nonprofit right now to take some of the Atlanta kids up to the U.S. Open. And they can't quite, because of school, they can't quite get there for the qualifiers. But the qualifiers, that whole week is free. And the Arthur Esch Kids Day is free. And I just think that's so good. I'm really glad Universal Tennis is realizing and maybe you know you knew that from the beginning, right? That's not what we're about is charging an entry fee. We want people there. We want that excitement. College kids aren't throwing 50 bucks to watch a tennis match. So we want that atmosphere. Right, right. Ultimately, we want to open the door up for anyone to to come and, and watch and, and be a part of the experience and, you know, grow the sport. That's ultimately what you guys are doing and, and we're trying to do is is just grow tennis and continue to make as as great as we can. I mean, that that's the beauty is, you know, when we talk about, you know, I'll talk from a universal tennis perspective, you know, Bobby, we're still in the early innings here. You know, we're, we, uh, we don't see ourselves as, as being in the late innings here. We're maybe in the, you know, top of the second inning here. So we're just oh, getting baseball reference, we're, Bobby. Jump yeah, in. We're, we're, we're excited for the future. Chase and I were separated at birth, except I'm a lot older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we're looking forward to the future. Well, it, it, yeah, that, that is a curiosity of mine. That's what, everything you're saying and everywhere it's leading. And I, I love the technology term, the disruptive force, because there's going to be a lot of momentum that the, they're going to have to deal with here in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, and, and ultimately, you know, right now, I mean, we just focus in on, on ourselves and, and what we can do better as a company. Obviously we can, always improve. Uh, there's things that we can do better, but, you know, one of the the best things that I've enjoyed about universal tennis from a work standpoint is, you know, we come to, we come to work and, you know, 
we try to create ideas and some ideas maybe aren't so good. Some are great. Uh, but with that being said, no idea is bad. And, you know, we want to um, do anything that we can in the tennis ecosystem to to really make our sport better. And, you know, that's something that we're not going to stop doing. And, you know, one of the realities that we have, Bobby and Sean, is we have the ability from a platform to do that. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, our organizers um, are that's our relationships, you know, are, are really predicated off our organizers on the platform. And, you know, the, the more innovative and creative organizers that we have globally, then the better for for our product and what we're trying to do. But, you know, we're never going to stop being creative. That's for sure. I like the uh, you said you're no longer a startup, but it's a startup mindset yet yeah. still doing what you do. You've got Correct. it. You got it going. Bobby, you got anything else for Chase before I hit him with King of Tennis? No, I think uh, the Chase, thank you. This has been fabulous. Fabulous. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. So we always go with my last question. I say mine because I went to Bobby day one. I'm like, I want to ask something interesting every time. And yep. uh, we want to know from anybody who gets tennis, especially tennis in Atlanta, which you're you're an Atlanta guy now. So we consider you one of our own. And uh, we we ask the king of tennis question, which is if you are king of tennis, whether it's just Atlanta, whether it's from a universal tennis point of view. Yeah, see what I did there? Yep. there uh, what would you do? Is there anything you would change or anything you would implement? Is there anything you would do as king of tennis, Chase? In the Atlanta area? Anywhere. If it's just Atlanta, that's fine. Globally, anything. Yeah, I mean, I think and in, in it, it goes back to kind of what, what we were talking about prior with, with Go Tennis is, you know, I would just try to eliminate the politics as much as humanly possible, um, you know, because I think that it, it, it gets you nowhere um, as a sport. So, you know, the more that, you know, we can address that and put ourselves in a position where you know, we ha we have an open market, and you know we we have an ecosystem where you know providers are are able to run their events or tennis academies or clinics. Uh, then the better off we're going to be as a sport. Um, you know, so many times you know red tape gets in the way, and bureaucracy, et cetera, gets in the way um, that you start losing sight of what the common good is. Um, now I do understand that to some degree that is needed. But the more that we can get away from that mindset, then I think the better off we'll be. I think that's a great answer. And if I push back a little bit, and we'll cut it out if we have to. But yeah. if I push back a little bit and I say, get rid of the politics. And I love that. I love that answer. But I always try to look for an example. And I say, okay, everybody says, oh, we want to make it more affordable. Okay, how? We want to make it more accessible. Okay, give me some, something tangible as to how. So do you have any ideas as to how we remove some of the politics from what we're what we're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, not to sound cliche, but obviously the, the more communication that we have with, you know, these organizations and the better and putting ourselves in a position where if you look at, you know, the general landscape of tennis, you know, giving everyone opportunities, whether it's, you know, the junior player, the tennis pro, the high school coach, the college coach. Let's find out the best way to connect these players in the general tennis ecosystem and let's eliminate the barriers and we can start to see progress. So, um, you know, it's a matter of just putting the effort in. You got to get your hands dirty a little bit. But, 
with that being said, if you're able to properly connect those channels, then you can have phenomenal success. You guys are doing that. You've already proven that by being better. I, I think the, the college adaptation, that was not the norm how many years ago, where now it is the norm. And that was just because you guys did your job better and presented a, a stronger alternative. And that's why I'm curious, you know, where I love to see where the tour is going to lead and where that next step takes us because it's just by being better. And that's why it's exciting, as you said, that you're really in your infancy. You're in a pretty exciting time. And uh, UTR has already proven that it works. They're the, they're the ex shining example of just be better. Do what you do. Get your hands dirty. Give it some time. And you'll see the success. And, and they're doing that. Yeah. Well, thanks, Bobby, for that. Appreciate that. And Sean, yeah, I mean, not, I could also add, I mean, Bobby, you know, I appreciate the, the kind of words in terms of being better. And, you know, one thing that I could add is, you know, we're only going to get better. Like we're, we, we realize we can improve too. I think that's a big part of it too, Bobby is, you know, yeah, we, we've done a lot for the sport, um, but can we get better and improve? Absolutely. And I think if you have that mindset, then, you know, greater things are to come and, you know, we're going to keep pushing, pushing away, pushing the envelope and, and trying to make things happen and, you know, get better every day. And that's the mentality that really the employees at Universal Tennis have. And, you know, it's a inspiring, um, you know, climate to be involved in, to be quite frank with you guys. So we're, we're just going to keep doing it. And, you know, let me know when I can get back on with you guys and we can talk about more developments uh, down the road. I like it. I'm writing that down. New new tagline. Be better. <laughs> Simple as that. Be better. Chase Hodges. I really appreciate it. Bobby, as always, we will uh we will follow up soon and get you on again. I appreciate your time. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Well, there you have it. We want to thank rejuvenate.com for use of the studio. And be sure to hit that follow button. For more tennis-related content, you can go to atlantatennispodcast.com. And while you're there, check out our calendar of tennis events, the best deals on Technifiber products, tennis apparel, and more. If you're a coach, director of any racket sports, or just someone who wants to utilize our online shop, contact us about setting up your own shop collection to offer your branded merchandise to the Atlanta tennis world. And with that, we're out. See you next time.